It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Wow, look at that. It's that time already. Another episode of Ears Up is upon us, everybody. I'm excited for that. Welcome to the show. We have a good one for you. It's not a history show. It's not an interview, but it's something that we do equally as well, which is uh, or basically s- just make stuff up. Yeah. Or sequely <laughs> as well. Ooh, oh, girl. You're going to get it. <laughs> Today we are discussing uh, Disney sequels, but not even just only discussing. We, are, uh, we have manufactured our own Disney sequel treatments that we are going to pitch to you, the audience. And then uh, I will speak on behalf of the audience to uh, explain uh, why mine will win. Oh, so are they being judged? No, that was my they're question. not being judged. No, because we don't, I mean, we don't have anybody to do that. A judge? <laughs> we don't have a judge, yeah. And, you know, also, it's not, I don't know, it's not that important. True. Like, historically, I, I don't do well at these things, so. But you always go into it really thinking that you will. I did. I used to. I really <laughs> used to believe in myself. Yeah. Has that gone out the window? Uh, oh, done, done. That's oh, what the show will do sad. for you. It'll, uh, it'll, it'll make things happen that you don't know that needs to be happening. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Bev's not here, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't Bev be here? I know. We're always missing somebody. Always missing someone. Hopefully that'll change soon. But, you know, you never know, man. This is like the old days before Bev. There was a there was a time before Beverly. There there was. It I don't like to talk nice, about though. it, but um, this episode is sponsored by Get Away Today, Disney's top wholesale partner. They'll help you plan your Disneyland vacation with the best tips and secrets, all while making it affordable with their discounted tickets, reduced hotel rates, and layaway plan. Head over to getawaytoday.com slash ears up and start planning your magical vacation. Tell them ears up sent you and use code ears up to save an extra ten bucks on your SoCal vacation package. Before we get to the show, the Magic Candle Company. Go to magiccandlecompany.com slash discount slash ears up to save a nice 15% off of your order. And these people have everything that smells good that you're going to need. They have candles and wax dipper things and car fresheners, all that kind of stuff. So uh, check them out. If you like what you see, please use the URL that I mentioned, which is magiccandlecompany.com slash discount slash ears up or use the code ears up on your checkout. That way, they know that we sent you, that you heard about them through us, which is very important for the longevity of the show. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Send feedback on the show to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Send show suggestions to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi, hi to Bev and anything else to me, Jason, at earsup podcast.com. Taryn, you said yeah, we had feedback. We do have we have a feedback. I love a feedback. Um, and it is a very nice feedback. All right, let's go. Dear Ears Up Gang. First things first. Gang gang. Hi, Bev. Hi. She's not here, sorry. <laughs> I just started listening to your show because my mom Diana because of my mom Diana. I am one of her two daughters, Sophie. I'm the older one that was freaked out by the end of the Alice in Wonderland ride. If you remember the show the show that ears up 2018 year in review. I recently started listening in June and have finished all of the episodes before Bev. She calls it BB. Ah, got A it. Bev ah. is much better after Bev. <laughs> I am an artist. As you can see from the picture below, 
but don't worry. I will fix all the errors that you guys will hopefully mention on the show. <laughs> in the drawing, I decided to come up with some cool shirt ideas. The only one that is not original by Sophie is Jeremy's and Jason's shirts. Speaking of Jeremy, you guys should have him in the studio more. He's great. Also, Taryn, you're not alone with your crazy yet hilarious thoughts. Oh, my gosh. I have often wondered if everyone in the world is a robot doing its job to make my life a life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talking about being weird, your secret show. I really want to listen to the intro. Oh, the intro. Okay. Since you guys talk a lot about it on the show. Yeah, I would like to hear the rest of it, too, but I really want to hear Jason sing. I've heard my dad sing, and I think it's like that. My dad is pretty bad at singing, though. No, I'm I have, great at it. <laughs> I have often thought of you as thought of you all as friends that I see at school. Those friends that take you away from reality into a world where there's no homework and all relaxation in a bright blue beanbag chair when you are in your pajamas all day, every day. I wish I could bring my beanbag chair to Disneyland, though. I was wondering if you guys will be going in November. I would like to meet you all in person, just to meet you, and to get a sense of what you looked like for the drawing. My mom and I (laughs) are avid listeners, and I have been trying to catch you when you are doing live shows, but I'm never there. Mm. From Sophie. Boo. Well, here's the secret show. Let's see if we can do it. Oh. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but, you know. Uh, We are not going in November, but we're going in October. Yes. So, sorry, Sophie. Life (laughs) threw you a curveball again. It's time for the secret show. See? What is it? <laughs> it's pretty good. We it's don't know, but good. you're invited. Um, you come <clears> I, uh, I got some new, a new soundboard mm-hmm. uh, software, and I can adjust the pitch. Are you serious? But at least we aren't Disney boring. Why is it not working? Oh. <laughs> We've got the- mm, nothing Beverly works. <laughs> nothing works when I want it to. And Jason oh, wait. I got to do this. There we go. The show will have a drink and fun. Oh, jeez. Pretty sure this is an amazing theme song. Oh, boy. Because after all, we're experts and are never wrong. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a secret show. And oh, that's boy. Really awesome. That's pretty awesome. good, right? Welcome to the Ears Up Secret Show on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Welcome to the Ears Up Secret oh. Show. <laughs> This felt like that sometimes at the end of the secret show. <laughs> That's true. Uh, anyway, it's just fun. Fun with computers. Is fun good with computers. I liked it. Well, thanks, Sophie. And, uh, you know, we need to get permission for us to share your photo and make a or shirt. your drawing. Yeah. Because yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I, love I loved it. it. I she love put it so, so she drew pictures of all of us and then she drew different t shirts on all of us. And we're all, we all have very specific parts of us that she drew that are very much to our characters. Mm. I love it. I, I specifically loved the uh, double cargo shorts yeah. that I was wearing. I, yeah, you were you were rocking two cargo shorts, like two pocket like cargo she, shorts. It's like she yeah. sees you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sees me in like 1994 because that's what I was wearing back yeah. then. <laughs> were you really? so funny. Yeah. You were a double cargo short boy. I I had I definitely had a pair of double cargo shorts. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, I'm sorry, double cargo pants back Ooh, then. Yes, nice yeah, boy. cargo pants, man. Yeah. Those should never come back. No, they were not good at the time. No. They are not good now. Did anyone ever use them to hold anything? No. No. Uh, no, because they would like hit your knees. 
I will use my cargo shorts now. Like if I go to the parks, I'll put my wallet in there if I'm on a ride. That's, if well, I, yeah, but that's for fanny if I don't have my fi- oh, see there you if go. I don't have my fanny pack on me. Well, <laughs> There's should, no use for cargo shorts do. anymore. You should never not have your fanny pack on you. If you want to support this show, please go to etsycom coveyers, buy some shirts and coveyers and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, go to patreoncom up and become a Patreon uh, subscriber or donor or whatever they're called. Please do it. Do it for me. Uh, there's a lot of cool content on uh, Patreon. We post uh, not only the link to the video chat for The Secret Show before uh, The Secret Show airs, of course, which is happening tonight, by the way, if anybody didn't know that. Um, but we also have, uh, let's see, the uh, Ears Up In Depth, the news show that Jeremy and I do. I post on Patreon a day or two before uh, it goes live. Actually, I haven't even published it for this week. I forgot about it. I put it on uh, Patreon. I was like, oh, I guess I'm done. <laughs> I've totally forgotten. Jeremy texted me today. He's like, are you going to like publish that i'm like oh yeah i probably should do that (laughs) so you get a whole bunch of sneak previews about stuff like that i put up uh the new show we're working on which um is called the supreme resort Mm. which is a show that pits the same or similar attractions for different parks against each other to find out which is the best version Mm -hmm. so i put up uh, like a teaser episode of that a trailer essentially for it on patreon like a couple weeks ago and i put the entire first episode up already Mm -hmm. i might even put the second one up for patreon people i don't know okay but uh that will be going live for everybody on monday Mm -hmm. so by the time this show airs the supreme resort will already be live i'm hoping we'll see but anyway if you want uh, advanced content like that please Please support us. Patreon.com slash ears up. Even if you don't care about it, but you've been listening to the show for, you know, five years or four years or three years or whatever. And, it, you know, it's it's free and mm-hmm. and whatever, but it does cost a lot of money for us to do. And uh, I would really appreciate the support. It will help us improve some things in the studio. Yep. And all that kind of fun stuff. If you do any kind of internet shopping, you can use an Amazon link, which is on our archive page. I haven't figured out how to get it to our homepage yet, so <laughs> go to earsup-podcast.com, go to the archives, and it'll be on the right-hand side, and you can uh, hit the link there, and you can check that all out. By the way, if you haven't been to our website in a while, um, mm-hmm. I went there today, and I just I really like the way it looks now. I mean, I know great. we kind of updated it a couple months ago, a few yeah. months back, but... I don't know. It's still. It just it looks. looks it looks good. It doesn't look as. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just job. looks good. Looks, yeah. yeah, I can't get the boy to update anything, but he did a good <laughs> job. Looks legit. All right, let's talk Disney sequels. Okay, I'm so excited. So, no, we, we didn't really address any ground rules nope. uh, beforehand, <laughs> and I don't think we needed to necessarily. But uh, I wasn't going to come in here and be like, "Well, that already has a sequel," or "That's not a." traditional disney movie it's now owned by disney so it's right. you know what i mean like it's fine like i was even looking through 20th the, century fox movies yeah, under the umbrella yeah if it's yeah. owned by disney now it's, it was fair game for this married with children the movie <laughs> <laughs> man that would be horrible yes. slightly amazing <laughs> for for sure so i just wanted to start off by saying what i did to prepare for this and i think what made it uh be harder for me is I went to Wikipedia to get a list of Walt Disney pictures. Okay. Like Walt Disney films, like from, you know, the 1930s on. And Snow White, yeah. And there have been some 
dinky, <laughs> weird ass movies, man, that it, it was very hard for me to find something that hasn't either already been redone because I didn't want to do a sequel to a remake of a thing. Like to a reboot kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 You know, I thought about doing the like a sequel to the Freaky Friday. Yeah. Um, like the, I thought the about new that one. too, actually. Yeah, but I'm like, well, then it's just weird because which, which one do you do? Yeah, it's the third one now. Yeah. Yeah, and I just, you know, at that point, and then also the, the, the premise of Freaky Friday, I mean, they just get, they get, they switch bodies. How, how, can you do a sequel to that and not just make it a remake? No. Yeah. Yeah, because well, then it's just a thing. Then you're just being like Disney and then you make it boys or, right. you know. Yeah, so I don't know. I thought about doing like Shaggy Dog, but listen to some of these 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 movies, dude. Um, we're talking nineteen sixties. Uh, Greyfriars Bobby. What? What? Yeah, there you go. Big Red, Almost Angels, The Legend of Lobo, Miracle of the White Stallions, Savage Sam. Huh? Why didn't I do Angels in the Outfield? Part two, oh. Angels in the Infield. <laughs> Angels in the Infield. That would have been so good. I thought good. about it. Oh, I thought man. about it, honestly. Um, the Monkey's Uncle. <laughs> Stupid. Annette Funicello, Merlin Jones. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, the 1970s, there was a lot of uh, like boy and animal movies. Yes. Um, so that happened a lot. You got uh, Snowball Express, never heard of it. <laughs> Uh, Super Dad, never heard of it, but you know, I would sort Sounds of, great. Yeah, it's just <laughs> uh, the Castaway Cowboy. Huh? See, I was afraid to get too deep because I wanted. I, w- I was thinking about the kids in our audience, and I was thinking about them not understanding this episode at all if, if I went. Because when we do these things, I often go kind of like in the far reaches of something. And I, yeah. So I tried to rein reality. it in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see how I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to do it too. I, ultimately, I really wanted to start and like this, do something from the '60s or '70s. But the movies that you have that are good are kind of already been reworked or whatever. So yeah, um, it's it's interesting when you go now through uh, through this Wikipedia page into like 2010 or even future releases, you see why they're doing the movies that they're doing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Dumbo, Mary Poppins, you know, Lion King, Aladdin, all this kind of stuff, because everything else is like you get something called Candle Shoe. <laughs> With Jodie Foster, I mean, it's it's just a candle in it. That's an actual thing. Um, You know what I mean? You get Herbie Goes Bananas, The Last (laughs) Flight of Noah's Ark. These are in the eighties. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, The Last Flight of Noah's Ark, dude. You know what would be? I mean, since Disney wants like content, and they keep recycling content that they already have, they should just go back to these and try and make them good. Well, they did. Nobody's going to know that they're. <laughs> they did it with the Shaggy Da. That w- they remade the Shaggy Da from 1976, or wasn't the Shaggy? Yeah, was it the Shaggy Da they remade the, the Shaggy? I don't know. Re- huh? What was it remade as? The Shaggy Da. Oh, I. They just oh. redid it. Oh, didn't know it was a remake of that. The Shaggy Dog. They did. The, oh. the Shaggy Da was a sequel to the Shaggy Dog. Oh. And they remade the Shaggy Dog. So they, I th- but it was like terrible. And it was unwatchable. So huh. nobody... Ca- the Strongest Man in the World, 1975. Kurt Russell. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's all these... The Biscuit Eater. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Apparently this is the last one boy and his animal themed film made by 
uh, Disney, but it's a, a boy and his dog. Just eating biscuits. Just eating biscuits, Odd. man, which sounds great. Scandalous John <laughs> sounds like a podcast. It does, actually. Yeah. The Barefoot Executive, which is uh, about a monkey, a pet chimpanzee named Raffles, who can predict the popularity of television programs starring Kurt Russell. So, man. wow. It's a good thing that. Do you think uh, he Walt- got cast in so many because that was like supposedly the, the last name that Walt ever wrote <laughs> Literally down? Literally what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, who knows, man? Because, I mean, he's not that great. He's not. But we got to keep using them. Walt said so. We <laughs> yeah. got to keep using yeah. them. <laughs> Well, he was in a ton of movies in the 70s, so, you know, there you go. So that's where we we kind of are. And then so going through um, some of these sequels that kind of already exist, you, you sort of forget how many movies actually have sequels. Yeah. Like Hunchback of Notre Dame has a sequel. I didn't know that. I wonder if it was straight to DVD or I mean, straight to... I, I think a lot of them were. Yeah. I think most of the them bar. were. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lady and the Tramp 2. I did know about that, but yeah. I've never seen it. Because why would you? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, Hundred and One Dalmatians, Patches, London Adventure, Fox and the Hound Two, which apparently is not um, like a true sequel, but it sort of it's like takes place in the middle of the movie. Huh. Yeah, it, it, like uh, Copper and Todd stumble upon the county fair. A bunch of dogs sing. Tension arises because Copper turns his back on their friendship to become a country singer. Oh. Which, uh, it's not really like a threat, this article saying, because the original movie has both Copper and Todd growing up, but... Hmm. So it's like an inserted into the... It's a mequel. It's like... It's right, a- <laughs> I guess, yeah. Okay. Uh, Tarzan 2. Yeah. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove was called Kronk's New Groove. Yeah. I did not know that. I've never seen that movie. <clears throat> Pocahontas had a sequel, where she comes to London to fight to save John Smith. Are you kidding oh, me? wow. No. Why doesn't anyone talk about that? I don't know. <laughs> Mulan had a sequel. Beauty and the Beast had a sequel. Where they, they did an Enchanted Christmas. Brother Bear had a sequel already. Tarzan Well, and, and that Jane. movie didn't even do well on its own. No. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like the Pandora. What's that movie? Avatar. Yeah. Those, those yeah. sequels are not going to do well. Sorry. Mm. I still Avatar. haven't seen the first one. Avatar was was a monster. Like I've they, never gotten through they it. so much money off of that movie. Yeah, I've never gotten through it either because it's 12 years long. Yeah, it's very long. It's yeah. a little dry. It's weird that they're trying to fun, find um, unobtainium. Right. That's what it's called. <laughs> okay. It's wow. literally unobtainium. You can't find it. That's very creative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's going to make a lot of money. They'll make a lot of money. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. I just feel like there's too much space between the first one and now whatever next one there is. Um, well, I mean, they have Pandora Land. That's the key, you know. So it's it's staying within the zeitgeist of yeah. the mm-hmm. of the whatever. But they have three more planned. Like it's not just a sequel. And apparently, it's already shot. Like the live mm-hmm. action stuff's already shot. They're just mm-hmm. doing the CGI. Yeah, interesting. Which seems very barbaric. It seems like uh, like uh, movie making by sorcery. Yeah, a little bit. And I don't like bit. that. It's like the Lion King remake. <laughs> Live action line, uh, man, dude. On, uh, on in Wikipedia, like they they have notes by uh, uh, the Jungle Book and the Lion King, where it's like uh, you know there's some discrepancy whether or not these are actually live action or not. Oh, yeah, it's, it's like well, they're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not. So anyway, this is where we are now. So who would like to go first? I'll go go first. for it, Terrence. Good because I didn't. I'll get the bad one out of the way. All right, let's uh, go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready, baby. Hey, just to preface this, this movie will never be made. Okay. It's just sure, sure, sure. Just me being me. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I got you, baby. Let's go. 
the movie fades in to the sound of bagpipes. Okay. Okay. Was, is that was, it? No. It's oh. it. right. <laughs> Bagpipe. Two. Um, Electric boogaloo. <laughs> once in a great while, something changes your life completely. While I thought I was simply trying to earn a wilderness explorer badge, what I was really looking for was a friend, a companion, a father. Carl, we will miss you very much. Adventure is still out there. Camera pans back to the scene at the funeral with Russell laying a grape soda pen onto a closed casket. A dejected Russell, now 17 years old, is walking with his faithful dog, Doug, to grab ice cream at Fenton's. Just before he reaches the ice cream shop, he notices a crowd gathering outside of the local TV repair shop. Everyone is murmuring and looking at something in complete amazement. As Russell gets closer, he sees a replica of the spirit of adventure, the ship used by Carl and Russell to escape the clutches of Charles Muntz. The girl on the screen is 19-year-old Olivia Muntz, the great-granddaughter of Charles. She's on a large stage standing beside what seems to be the remains of some prehistoric animal. Here is a hadrosaurus. <laughs> For the first time ever, this animal has been brought back completely intact. Like my great-grandfather, I am traveling the globe to find only the most exotic animals. For several months, she continues to find various unheard of, absolutely magical creatures that many had only dreamed of. And Russell is loving it. But something suddenly changes. She's being interviewed on a local talk show, and she's intent to head back to Paradise Falls and capture the bird that eluded her great-grandfather for years. She will unsully his name, no matter the cost. Russell knows that something needs to be done to save Kevin. He calls into the show. Surprisingly, Olivia knows who he is and invites him to visit her house the next day. She's guiding him through the house and showing her all the latest artifacts. And then she says she also knows about the way that he and Carl ultimately led to the death of her great-grandfather. As, he leaving, as he's leaving, she says, Russell, when I'm done in Paradise Falls, I'm coming for you. Oh. Now the rest, of, wow. so the rest of the movie is Russell going to Paradise Falls, taking the, the original spirit of adventure that he has there. And they're racing. He's trying to save Kevin and the family. She's trying to capture Kevin. I want. I was actually thinking about calling our friend um, of the show, our announcer guy. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do like a whole movie thing. I want it. I want like <laughs> oh, yeah. explosions in the background. But ultimately, you know, they're they're fighting. They wind up destroying the house. Um, and, but ultimately, he wins. And at the end of this little montage, the screen goes black, and then it says Disney Pixar's. This is uh, sorry. I told this to my coworker. Oh, she said you're a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Pixar's down. What goes up oh, must come down. God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Woo. That's pretty good, Terrence. Wow. That's something. Oh I, man. I have some. I, the only sound effect I have here. This is the only sound effect I have. <laughs> <laughs> so no, absolutely you, not. <laughs> no. That's funny. I I will say. Your your opening couple of lines, I got chills. Okay, and then it went down, just like the title it's, of the movie. It's well, fun. she has a fever, so yeah. right. Uh, no, that was a that was delightful. That was a thing. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, what's her name? Paula Abdul. Thank you yes. so much. I love it. All right, Taryn, you're up. Okay. Um, we'll sorry. save the best for last. Oh, Don't of course. Worry. Okay, mine is titled "Who Animated Roger Rabbit." <sighs> What? That was one of the ones I was going to do. <laughs> okay. It wasn't easy, but here we go. Okay, we are in the present day. 
So it's been about 75 years since we've seen Roger and Jessica. Car- because that took place in the 1940s. Okay. Right. I didn't do math really, really wrong there. Uh, cartoons don't age the same way we do, but they do age. They, no longer, they are no longer crisp, drawn cartoons, and they don't translate well on the screen anymore. HDTVs only point out their flaws and make them look outdated, and present-day kids just aren't interested in watching old, grainy cartoons. In the early 2000s, when HDTV started becoming popular, Jessica and Roger were upset by this. But after their daughter Jennifer and her husband died in a freak accident during an ocean excursion where a dip tanker exploded, spraying dip in their pathway, okay. they had to refocus their attention on their grandkids, Jack and Allie, and they retired from show business altogether. Today, Jack and Allie are in their early 20s. Jack is a digitally drawn hipster rabbit. Working as an actor at uh, Copper Animation, a digital animation studio and subsidiary of Maroon Cartoons, he enjoys his job but finds that he's often compared with his grandfather. He loves his grandpa, Roger, but he just prefers a more sarcastic and subtle brand of humor. Allie is also digitally animated, but she is of the human species. She has long red hair like her grandmother, but unlike her grandmother, she mostly keeps it up in a tight bun and she prefers to dress relatively conservative. Allie just got a job as a law intern at Maroon Cartoon's corporate office. She is interested in the spotlight and she's not interested in the spotlight and prefers to stay behind the scenes. She's uh, already confused. (laughs) Sorry, I'm confused. Uh, What? Uh, One day, while dropping off some legal paperwork uh, on Rhonda Maroon's desk, R.K. Maroon's daughter and heir to the Maroon Cartoon fortune, Allie noticed a file on her computer with her parents' names on it. She immediately calls her brother, and they devise a plan to find out what is in the file. Luckily, Jack is friendly with his animator, Charlie, and he asks him to hack into the company's database to see what he can find. Hmm. He finds the file and emails a copy to Jack, But just as he pushes send, a large shadow hovers over his workstation and Charlie is injected with a syringe and goes limp. The shadowy figure checks for a pulse, doesn't find one, then lifts Charlie up and takes him away. Meanwhile, (laughs) Jack gets the email on his phone. He opens up the file and finds some old photos of his grandparents, including a rather strange one of his grandma playing patty cake with with the famed gag master, Mr. Acme. As he goes through the photos, he doesn't see any photos of his father, only his mother. He finds a sound file of R.K. Maroon, the former head of Maroon Cartoon, speaking to his mother. In the recording, Mr. Maroon can be heard saying, yes, the dip will work. They will be drawn before computer animation, so dip will still kill them. Just make sure they they go onto the boat and that the dip is spilled in their path. And make sure the kids aren't there. We'll have to get them in a different way. Jack calls Allie, and they decide to tell their grandparents what they've discovered, that their parents didn't die in a tragic accident. They were murdered. They're hoping that Roger and Jessica can shed some light on why anyone would want them murdered. But just after they finish telling their grandparents, Jack receives a call from his co-star, letting him know that his animator, Charlie, has been found dead. Determined to find out why their parents were killed, Jack and Allie decide to confront Rhonda Maroon, the new head of Maroon Cartoon. They storm into her office and find her wearing a long maroon-colored cloak, hunched over a laptop with a metal object in her hand. She's moving the metal object over the computer's hard drive, and Jack sees a familiar sticker on top of the laptop, and he knows instantly it's Charlie's. Jack lunges at Ronta, but not fast enough to stop her from using the huge magnet in her hand to erase the hard drive with Jack's drawings on it. Jack looks at his sister, scared, and then disappears without a trace. Ronda looks at Allie and... Maniacally yells. 
You can blame your parents for this. Your parents were hand-drawn, but the studio was determined to make them digital, and I couldn't have that. It would ruin my company if hand-drawn cartoons could be digital. I couldn't have that. They had to die. Shocked, Allie quickly runs to the Cooper Animation Building. She knows that all digital cartoons have many versions and lots of drafts, and she and she knows... If she thinks she can find the draft backup files of her brother's animation, maybe she can bring him back to life. Since Allie works at Maroon Cartoon Corporate, she's able to easily gain access to the data files at the animation studio. While she's in the data room, she starts to notice that, there's actual, that there are actually digital files for most all hand-drawn cartoons. Cooper Animation must have been going back must have been going behind the back of Maroon Cartoons and digitalizing all cartoons. She finds Jack's backup files, then decides to do a quick search for her parents, and is ecstatic to find that they are that there are nearly finished digital animations of her mom and dad. She then, mostly just for the fun at this point, seeks out her grandparents and is amazed when she sees the crisp, clean digital versions of them. Her grandmother is stunning. And she has no she had no idea how expressive her grandfather was. She uploads the files to the cloud from her phone for safekeeping. Allie knows that, much like her brother, if her parents were drawn digitally, even in draft form, then maybe they didn't completely die from the dip spill. Dip has no effect on digital files, and they sh- should be able to have their parents redrawn and brought back to life. She called Lacey, her dear friend and original animator, who no longer worked for Cooper Im- Animation, and asked her for help in reanimating these files. With the help of her talented animator, she was able to get her brother and parents redrawn. Her animator was also able to take the digital drawings of Roger and Jessica and update them to HD levels so that the couple was able to hit the big screen again and kids across the nation could once again fall in love with the energetic rabbit and his beautiful wife. Very good, Karen. Okay, so there's a lot of loopholes in there. (laughs) Those will be worked out later. Okay. (laughs) All right. The cloud. Yeah. All hail the cloud, dude. My hope, I, I don't know if it made sense, but I was like, the animators were like the human people mm-hmm. and then that they were there to like save the day i sure. don't know if that came across yeah okay well, great. Good. perfect good all right are you ready yeah for the most emotional oh, roller coaster you've ever been on in your entire <laughs> life okay are you ready for the most emotional roller coaster you've ever i been? am old yeller too <laughs> <Electric Boogaloo. laughs> so as i was mentioning before the segment there's a lot of weird weird out there disney movies uh, and I could have done – so I have a list of things I could have done. I thought about doing, right? Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol, the sequel. Ooh, okay. okay. Muppets on Boxing Day, right? Okay. That would be the sequel. Like the day after <laughs> Christmas. What, what happens after that, right? Yeah. And the unused mutton gets you know do- donated or whatever. <laughs> then I thought, oddly enough, Angels in the Outfield too. Oh, that's funny. Angels on steroids. Oh, geez. So the angels become real people Wait, again. this is really what it is? No. Oh, okay. It's just sorry. things I had in okay. mind. Um, they become real people again because they were caught taking drugs in order to win the championship oh, trophy. Man. And so as penance, they have to be turned back into humans to find out the oh. real joy of whatever. Right? It's like dogma meets uh, angel. And, I like that. Okay. All right, there you go. Right. Or I thought about Haunted Mansion 2, the quest for the truth. Okay. okay. Eddie Murphy revises his role. Uh, because during a dream, he remembered that none of the ghosts in Honda Mansion had feet, and that bugged him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he wanted to come back because Eddie Murphy likes feet. Thank you, Terrence. I knew Ter- that's basically a joke for Terrence. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's <laughs> amazing, though. Um, or th- th- <laughs> then I thought about. <laughs> 
Lord, that's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, thank <laughs> you, man. Uh, we talk about them no feet. <laughs> uh, then I was trying to go back in like 60s, 70s era. So I found this movie called The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. It's a literal name oh, wow. Wow. of a movie. Starring Kurt Russell, of, of course, of course. Uh, the, it, where it's about this guy who gets computer powers and he can like do mathematics and do like learn languages and stuff like that. Okay, okay. okay. But this one is called the Computer War Tennis Shoes Two. Extremely online guy. <laughs> Kurt Russell again comes back. He has the powers of a computer once more, but instead of being able to do math and stuff, he can now get online. And he uses his abilities to get on Twitter and tell people they're wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or I thought about doing the Jonas Brothers 3D concert experience, 4D Jonas. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> Jonas Brothers are back. Okay. Uh, sweat mists you as you watch the oh, new Jonas ew. Brothers tour footage. <laughs> Each no chair thanks. is a beanbag shaped like your favorite Jonas. Who cuddles you and keeps you warm throughout the whole movie. Ew. Wow. But I didn't do any of these. Thank you. Instead, oh, I would like to announce that it's time for the return of the greatest band to ever perform ever. And also one of the greatest flops in recent Disney history. The Country Bears <laughs> Part 2. Unbearable. Oh, oh Lord. no. Yes. I didn't even know there was a first one. Wait, yeah, Country, so Country yeah. Bears is a movie. It's a movie. Uh, Haley Joel Osment is the <gasps> is the as the head oh. voice. It's like puppeteer kind of thing and it's uh do yourselves a favor if you've never <laughs> seen it. I've never seen it. Okay. I've never seen it. But go on Wikipedia and try to figure out the plot. <laughs> it's the most atrocious like it starts with this character who's like a bear and who's adopted and he doesn't know he's adopted and then he somehow figures out that he's part of the country bears or something like that. It's just the most like god-awful experience to even read. And then I saw the trailer, like the two-minute trailer, and that was worse than reading it. Like it's <laughs> very bad. It, the budget was like $35 million and it made oh, like wow. $18 million. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, just, it didn't even make Yikes. half its like budget, dude. It was... Uh, Anyway, so okay. that in and of itself is a reason to never do a sequel to this movie. But if we ever wanted to rehash some stuff, this would be this would be the way to go. Okay. So <clears throat> let me refresh the memory of those of you who have seen it. Uh, the Country Bears ends after like a final concert of the Bears getting a bear band getting back together and saving Country Bear Hall or whatever it's called. Um, and everyone loves the Country Bears now, right? Okay. They forgot about them. Now they love them again. After the successful concert put on at the end of the first movie, the Bears find themselves suddenly thrust back into the spotlight. Commercial contracts, movie deals, parties with celebs, mm -hmm. the works. Some music in industry folks call them the second coming of country. Others say they are the saviors of the genre, coming in just in time to deliver us from yet another song about being a rich and sad country guy. <laughs> but as usual... Fame was too much for this bear band to handle. Trixie started showing up late to shows, and the band was practicing separately from one another due to tensions within the group. Barry, the hero adoptee from the first movie, Haley Joel Osment, had a brilliant idea. The bears need to get back to their roots to return home 
to the friends and family they left behind when they hit the road all those many years ago and record their comeback album deep in the heart of the woods that they grew up in. Okay. 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 You see, the country bears are all from the same neck of the woods, and Barry knew that getting them back there would remind them of what truly mattered, playing music together. Okay. So the band arrives in town and heads to a bar where everything started for them. The bar is called Bert's Fish Inn. <laughs> fit, fit, fish Inn. Fish Inn. Mm-hmm. I get that. <clears throat> I like it. As they walk in, a familiar vocal, a familiar voice, Liver Lips McGrowl, <laughs> waves over to them, and uh, alongside of him is Wendell, the mandolin player, both being backed up by the five bear rugs. These are people who were not in the first movie. Okay. So you think of like the Country Bears movie, I think like Big Al was in the first one, Trixie was in the first okay. one. And and maybe someone else from the original from the actual like animatronic right. ride, and that was it. Like they made up a bunch of different characters instead of using liver lips and yeah. the five okay. bear rugs. So you see what I'm you see where I'm, yes. I'm going with this. Um, after the set is over, liver lips, Wendell, and the rugs confront the country bears, accusing them of leaving the best part of the band behind once they got famous, which would be them. There's much tension until Barry smoothed things over by inviting Liverlips and his crew to the cabin they rented to record their next album at. The Country Bears began working on the album, but old habits, uh, but the old habits they fled Hollywood because of seemed to follow them home, and nobody was really trying their hardest. Eventually, Liverlips and his band come to pay a visit to their old friends, and Big Al invites him to play the piano on a song they're working on. This leads to everyone becoming pals again somehow, magically, and cutting what is to be their best work yet. But... Can their newfound friendship survive the long bus trip back to Hollywood? Find out in Disney's <laughs> Country Bears 2, Unbearable. It's good. That's, I like it. That's, that's, that's a deep cut that's right a, there. Yeah, that was deep, deep. Yeah, well, I was the more I was researching the shows and the, um, the, the movies, rather, I was... I kept hitting on a couple. Like I said, Freaky Friday, but I mm-hmm. couldn't figure out like, a nice way to do that. I want to do really weird things. Um, and I kept hitting on the country bears. And I, again, haven't seen either <laughs> either movie. But I like just doing a show or doing a movie basically on, like, a, you know, themed on a Disney, you know, yeah, thing. I like that. But it's like reading this is so hard to do. <laughs> it's very, very bad. And uh, I would be very disappointed <laughs> um, if this was the legacy that the Country Bears have. I mean, the, the the attraction or the show is great. Yeah. And everyone loves the Country Bear show. But this movie's woof, dude. <laughs> yeah, people in the chat are also saying that it is not good. I mean, I, it's it, there's like eight or nine paragraphs on Wikipedia. I sort of want to read it to you guys, but I, I don't really want... I mean, it starts with this bear who feels unwanted because he doesn't look like his human parents and his human-like brother. Yeah. Well, I don't understand what that... Ha- like, who is this Barry kid? Like, nobody knows. It's just, <laughs> it's not from the original movie. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem that Disney has when they get too far into trying to make these sequels is that they try to be too cute with it and mm-hmm. they try to take too much liberty with the story. Yeah. But that's not what that's not why people are going to go see it. They're not right. going to go see it just because it's the country bears. They're going to see yeah. it. I mean, that's why, but apparently it only made $18 million. No, yeah. but, nobody likes the country bears. But they're, they're not going to like it unless it has some semblance of connection to the people, you know, so they go on. I remember watching this as a kid, you know, oh, Liver Lips, that guy was great. <laughs> Liver Lips McGraw, he's not in the movie at all. So why am I watching this? Right. right. 
This yeah. is bad. I yeah, it was interesting doing this uh, show because I I had to go back and look at Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and that was done in 1988. And it's funny because like I I went, also went to Wikipedia and I had to read the synopsis because I didn't have time to watch the movie again, and I'm yeah. like. I literally didn't catch like any of this when I watched it as a kid and I haven't watched it as an adult. (laughs) And so I was like, wow. Like I remember them getting like, I remember the dip at the end. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember that. I remember Jessica playing patty cake. I remember like the beginning with the baby and that's it. But there's like all this like mystery. (laughs) Like there's so much to that movie that I didn't realize. And, um, I kind of like, I decided well, I don't want to tell you guys how much I procrastinated, but I decided yesterday that I was going to do that movie, mm-hmm. and then I wrote the whole thing today. But yesterday, I could not think of how I was going to do it, but I didn't feel like I had enough time to come up with another movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got it. I got to just push on through. And um, that's what you got to do. I think it ended up working okay, but sure, definitely. You can tell, like, I went back and, like, changed some stuff, but then I forgot to delete certain sentences. <laughs> uh, I was going in, like, a different direction, but I don't know. Uh, it was a fun exercise. I will cool. say that. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that Bev couldn't be here to do her work, which is convenient that she suddenly couldn't be here when she had work to do. Mm, but she can always be here when she just sits there on the microphone <laughs> and goes, ah, I'm sorry, am I eating ice? She does love eating ice in the mic. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love is the 21st Amendment because they've been serving craft beer in the San Francisco Bay Area for 19 years. From their initial brew pub on 2nd Street, just two blocks from Giant Stadium in San Francisco, to their production brewery and tap room across the bay in San Leandro. The 21st Amendment is now available in 29 states, including in and around the parks. So next time you're in San Francisco, visit the brew pub and shoot over to neighboring San Leandro to check out the new production brewery and tap room for great beers and good food. And be sure to ask for the 21st Amendment wherever you find good craft beer. All right, let's do some Disney news because also, oddly enough, I have a little bit of Disney March sequel in stuff. In the news. present and future Strange. with all the news that's fit to cover, it's the Ears Up Disney News. Um, Terrence, me a favor. Just crack that door, man. Yeah. It's so it's so stuffy in here, and it's too hot outside to crack a window. So, bust bust a window open or the door, rather. and a move while you're at it. There you go. <laughs> Good job. Uh, eight Disney sequels that didn't happen. This is an old article, but I ran across it uh, doing research for Disney sequels, and I thought uh, this would be good to talk about because there's a lot of bad stuff that could have happened. Yeesh, I bet. All right. <clears throat> Number one, Dumbo, a sequel. <laughs> Wait, that did happen. Oh. That was no, a remake. Was a remake. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as it so happens, Dumbo is John Lasseter's favorite movie of all time. This is a little weird. Uh, this perhaps is the reason he put the kibosh on its proposed sequel when he was named Chief Creative Officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios in 2006. The sequel was so far along in production that a, quote, behind-the-scenes trailer was actually released. The premise, Dumbo and his circus buddies have to figure out their way out of the big city after the circus train accident and leaves them there. So John Lasseter has done one good thing. Well, not one good thing, but... <laughs> right. um, he stopped Dumbo 2 from happening. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because, like they said, they're so far along that they were making production videos of behind-the-scenes stuff. Okay. That's a long way in production. You know, yeah. Presumably there's footage. and Right. Care, it's uh, like, dun- yeah. I would expect by the time you're doing behind-the-scenes stuff, it's pretty much there. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, Pinocchio 2. 
Okay. Electric no, I Boogaloo. Don't like it. Yeah, John Lasseter, you can thank him for this cancellation as well. Screenwriter Robert Reese was, was responsible for the plot to the sequel, but all he has divulged about the ill fated project was that it was, quote, a story that leads Pinocchio to question why life appears unfair sometimes. Hmm. Whatever that means. Uh, the Aristocats. Okay. Two. I thought that that had a sequel for some reason. Mm, maybe. Hmm. Uh, it would have been about the kitten's adventures on a cruise ship with a jewel thief. Okay. Hercules, too. I never when, saw the first one. Neither but. did I. Uh, when Hercules' old friend Helen is kidnapped by Paris of Troy, Herc rallies the Greek army to save her, though the sequel was scrapped. A direct-to-video midquel called Zero to Hero came out in 1998. Here's one for you, Taryn. Who discovered Roger Rabbit? Roger Rabbit 2, The Toon Platoon. So there's actually, on that note, uh, doing this research, there's actually one on IMDb for 2020. Mm. But I also read a few articles that there have been several of these um, Roger Rabbit second, like, or sequels. Yeah. And none of them have ever gotten made. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this was a prequel, actually, oh. and it was based around Robert uh, Roger's search for his parents and Jessica being kidnapped to serve as a Tokyo Rose-type character during World War II. Rewrites in the late 90s changed the plot to be about Roger's rise to stardom. By this point, however, Spielberg excused himself from the project. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm going to excuse myself. Yeah, bye. Uh, this combined with a skyrocketing budget prompted Disney to put the poor bunny back on the shelf. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, number six, Bambi's Kids. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ever wonder what happened to Bambi after he grew up? He and Feline became the parents to twins Gino and Gurry. Gurry? G-U-R-R-I. Jury? Gurry? Gino. Jan, come on over here, please. At least one of those children is is Italian. Italian. (laughs) You don't come home in the streetlight. Come on, you hurt me. You hurt my feeling, Gino. (laughs) You make a Bambi cry. Uh, Disney would have loved to tell you about it back in 1944. Whatever. The Nightmare Before Christmas prequel slash sequel. Huh? Yes. Uh-uh. The Nightmare Before and After Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> um, director Henry Selleck said there are a, leather, uh, a lot of other great holidays for Jack Skellington to take over, but oh, Tim Burton has uh, something else to say about it. He says, I was always very protective of it, not to do sequels or things of that kind. You know, Jack visits Thanksgiving World or other kinds of things just because I felt the movie had a purity to it and the people that like it. Burton said, I try to respect people and keep the purity of the project as much as possible. Not to mention the pure, I I only drink pure frog's blood. (laughs) By the way, he totally shaded that guy. Uh, I I respect people. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. I try to respect people and keep purity of things. Wow. Um, But I also heard that they were toying around doing a Skellington sequel or whatever. Which would bum me out. No, I It'd don't bum think me out so. to no end. Leave it. It's perfect. Just yeah. Leave it. uh, and then there's one Treasure Planet. I don't know what the hell that is. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read it. You know what else? <laughs> and also in doing uh, research about this, basically on that Tim Burton thing, because I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. what's going on here? There was a proposed Beetlejuice sequel. Oh. Where the Dietzes open a hotel in Hawaii. What? But it was haunted or something, and then so they had to call they called Beetlejuice for help, and it's like a thing. I was it's almost like, with you if they were going to make their house like a hotel type thing. Like a I was B&B? like, 
Okay, yeah. But no. They would be in a hotel, in a hotel in Hawaii. That is horrible. I feel like that's just because whoever wrote that is like, hey, if you write a movie in Hawaii, <laughs> we get to spend a year in Hawaii. in Hawaii for exactly. a while. Yeah. So good stuff all around, everybody. Wow. Right. If you're listening live, you'll know, well, I mean, if you're not listening live, you also know that D23 is happening soon. But if you're listening live, you'll be happy to know that some of the panels from D23 will be live streaming by Disney for free. Wow. Uh, Friday, which is tomorrow, August 23rd, 10.30 a.m. to noon, 2019 Disney Legends Ceremony, 4 to 5 p.m., Behind the Art of Disney Costuming. That could be kind of fun. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. Saturday, August 24th, 10 to 11 uh, a.m. This is all Pacific. Women of Impact, which sounds very aggressive. Awesome. Uh, meet the Nat Geo Explorers Changing the World. Is Nat Geo owned by Disney? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And then 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., Marvel Comics, Marvel's 80th anniversary. Nice. I, just, I mean, it doesn't really seem like panel worthy, but whatever. And then Sunday on the 25th, uh, 10 to 11 a.m., Heroines of the Disney Galaxies, presented by Box Lunch, whatever that is. 3 to 4 p.m., The Art of Disney Storytelling. That's it. So That, that one sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, it, why not? Yeah, it, It's nothing too thrilling, but also, what are they going to do? Let you just stay at home and watch the really exciting stuff for right, free? Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, you know, it'll get you into D23 here, man. I, I wish I could have gone, but apparently I you know, couldn't have anyways. We have our friends uh, from up north who are going to be there. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, D23. Oh. I think Jeremy's going to be there. Oh, they're yeah, going? They're going. Cool. I, I know Jeremy's in town. He's down he's like oh, in yeah. L.A., yeah. but I don't think he's going to D23. So anyway. Probably going to the parks. Um, according to the website Glassdoor, here's how much everyone gets paid at Disney parks online. Here we go. Hmm. Attractions cast members earn an average of ten dollars an hour. Well, that's bo- okay. Yeah, just average. It just seems like this is already inaccurate because that's below the minimum wage, so that can't be true. Well, minimum wage is just minimum. Yeah, you can go over. You can get paid more than minimum no, wage. No, no, no. no, no, no. That, She's saying that the number is that. below. She's saying the minimum, the minimum wage. wage is higher than. than minimum that. wage in California is like twelve dollars an hour now. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it is on average. So I wonder oh, if okay. it. Um, I wonder how long they've been doing this study. Well, and I also well, it's, I mean, it's not a study. It's from Glassdoor where you can go and report mm-hmm. what you make. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I think it's a combo of Disney World and Disneyland. Okay. Oh, Florida so. could totally be different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, hourly interns say they earn about ten to eleven bucks per hour working at the park through the Disney College program. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Housekeepers say they earn an average of ten dollars an hour. So when you leave your room, just throw like two bucks on a pillow. It's seriously. Tip your housekeepers, seriously. man. Which yeah. I never really did up until a couple of years ago. Uh, when our friend Charlie like uh, was rooming with him one time, and I was like, "You've left two bucks on the pillow. What are you doing?" He goes, "Yeah, you tip your housekeepers, dude. Yeah, man, they get squat, man. Yeah. Especially at the Disneyland Hotel, they're so nice. They're so nice. But I mean, c- considering what they have to deal with, like, oh, yeah. uh, like consider you, uh, whoever's listening, dear listener, at your worst on a trip. Yes, where like you're late for something, or you really you're in a hurry, rather, mm-hmm. and you just leave your room a total mess, underwear in the corner or whatever, yep. mm-hmm. and you come back and it's and it's picked up that little tinge of guilt that person gets this stuff all the time it's yeah. not just that it's not just you that one time so you know 10 bucks an hour yeah uh, you know cleaning up my mess I'll, I'll tip you a uh, custodial staff members say they also earn around 10 bucks an hour i don't know man whatever merchandisers 10 bucks an hour <laughs> photographers between 10 and 12 bucks an hour 
Oh, wow. That's horrible. I would expect that to be more. I would expect it to be more It takes also. a certain skill. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Maybe they go not. through training. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't have to know too much because you have basically the same lighting every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not yeah. indoor, outdoor. It's not like a wedding shoot or whatever, but you still need to know about framing and all yeah. this kind of... You, yeah. you need to know a little bit. Now, you know, hey, man, hmm. make them a little more. Uh, cooks make 11 to 20 bucks an hour during their shift. Uh, bussers at the Disney Parks restaurants say they earn about 11 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Concierges at the resort say they earn around 11 to 12 bucks an hour. Costumed performers say they earn an average of $11 an hour. Oof. Man. That's, That's crazy. That's a rough job. Bus drivers, between 13 and 14. They make more than the Costume performers, apparently. On average. Well, you do have to, to drive a bus like that. You do have to have a different license. There's like a, there is, sure. actually is a whole skill set involved. But, yeah. Um, wow. Crazy. I don't know. I thought it was uh, interesting, and then I read it, and I was like, eh, I kind of don't care anymore. <laughs> what I do care about, though, there's a new Lego Disney Parks train and station set mm-hmm. debuting September 1st, and it looks pretty boss. It looks awesome, yeah. It works. It's uh, over 2,900 pieces, and you make the uh, uh, Main Street train station and the train with, I think, a couple cars on it also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it comes with Mickey and Minnie and Chip and Dale for some reason and Goofy. Okay. I think. Random. And it's, uh, what's the price here? I have the price somewhere. $329. Wow. That is That's pricey. Insane. But it's Lego. So you're <laughs> already Lego. like. Yep. Wow. Speaking of Lego, and I really wish Bev was here for this really good news, but um, I bought a. A set from Amazon. I pre-ordered a Lego set that's a Harry Potter. What's it called? Advent calendar. Advent calendar. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, New concept art and details released for immersive treat trails, villains groove or grove, and more for Oogie Boogie Bash at Disney California Adventure. And I'm reading this for one specific reason, and I'll see if you can guess it. As we get to the, uh, oh, actually, it's literally right here. Immersive treat trails. Never heard of it. This is a new thing for me, anyway. Okay. You guys are going to hate it. Okay. Trick or treating is for everyone. Come experience the new, wonderfully wicked treat trails throughout the park with all your friends and family. While stalking through the trail, you will see iconic characters such as the Mad Hatter from Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Hey. I'm sorry, what? Of course. Yep. No, thank you. That's really it. I mean, they have Villainous and Villains Gro- uh, Grove, which is kind of cool. It says, uh, have you ever wanted to peer inside the minds of your favorite villains and walk through their own hauntingly beautiful scenes? This walkthrough experience is unlike anything seen before. Redwood, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail becomes Villains Grove, an internet. Jesus criminy an interactive, villain-inspired, dreamlike environment perfect for all ages to wander. This experience will entice party guests with a series of scenes, each creating a not-so-scary symphony of sound, light, and shadows for you to explore. Um, that sounds really fun. Yeah. So does that mean that Redwood Creek Challenge Trail is closed when it's not Oogie Boogie's I think it has John? to be. It has to be. You can't it's reset gotta that. Be. Yeah, you right? can't reset that. 
But I mean, it's, there's never a line for that thing anyway. Yeah, no. Well, no, but like, but it's still a place to go and yeah. Yeah. still do stuff. Have you guys been through that before? Yeah, yeah. a couple it's awesome. times. It's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. So my aunt and cousin are going to the Oogie Boogie night, and I'm uh, oh, that's cool. A little jealous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's expensive. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money, dude. And that doesn't even include drinks. No. Yeah. Here's something weird. Mattel's Star Wars collection is a cross between uh, Darth Vader, R2-D2, and um, Princess Leia, but it's Barbies. I love it. Okay. I love it. I think it's great. The Star Wars and Barbie collection, uh, collaboration is intended to be an homage to Star Wars and New Hope. Inspired by original concept art for A New Hope, the collection reimagines the franchise iconic characters through a Barbie high fashion filter. Hmm. I'm liking it less. You see? <laughs> While these details are interesting and relevant to the characters and the narrative related uh, to the films, when you're creating a look inspired by it, the purpose mm. is to capture the essence of the character and include notable details, said Robert Best, designer for Barbie Star Wars line. Then it becomes more about what the costume is and its narrative purpose represents emotionally and finding a way to convey that through fashion. The first figure features an R2-D2 tribute, assembled from thigh-high boots and a bomber jacket, as well as a dress emblazoned with the astromech droid's signature details. Splashes of blue on the doll's hair and over the right eye end the color story with an exclamation point, reflecting the character's laser-like focus and the playful mix of retro-futurist sensibilities that inform the concept art of the first film in the franchise. This is terrible. Next, I know, this is why I'm reading Is there a photo? <laughs> yeah, there's photos. You can look them up. Uh, next is potentially the most shocking and radical of the set, Darth Vader. <laughs> it's just all black. Mattel's take on the infamous Sith Lord's uh, look removes the traditional breather mask in exchange for a pair of ferocious sunglasses punctuated with lightsaber <laughs> red lipstick. Barbie Vader rocks a corset and form-fitting skirt, as well as a pair of sleek and shiny boots. So Darth I love Vader, it. she looks great. Darth Vader's sexy, great. Now I'm attracted to Darth Vader. <laughs> so, but, and then also, is Darth Vader's that little control panel? Is that now a handbag? Yes, it, or it's like a wristlet or something. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. I don't like the R two D two, but I like the the other two. I think that they look awesome. Hmm. Sure, I'll take those for Christmas. Not really. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this would be a dope little uh, cosplay yeah. thing if you're going to the park. Okay, last but not least, Disney and Sony standoff ends Marvel Studios and Kevin Feig's, Feig's involvement in Spider Man. There will no longer be Disney Spider Man uh, movies. Sony Pictures spent much of yesterday trying to spin deadline uh, about the prospective loss of Kevin Feig from future Spider Man films. First, the studio downplayed the idea he might be leaving. Then, insiders pinned his exit on added responsibilities from the Fox acquisition of the X Men franchise, though they declined to make a statement. All this was reflected as factors in deadline's break of an important and widely regurgitated story, but sources maintain that Feig's exit was about money. It was about Disney seeking 50-50 co-fi stake, which is like co uh, the responsible for mm -hmm. the cost, like half the cost yeah. of, the, of the thing. And the price, uh, blah, blah, blah. Basically, Sony declined to meet those terms or even counter with anything worth considering. It was an aggressive stance by Disney, which already owns the merchandise rights on Spider-Man and a tough nut for Sony to crack, giving up half of its most valuable franchise. But these talks have been going on for some time, I suppose. 
So there will be no more Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Which is terrible. Yes, because as much as I did like Tobey Maguire, I really liked the cur- the new yeah. Spider-Man. Dude. I thought them the Spider-Man Homecoming he was, so was nice. great. Legit. It was Legit. very, very good. And an actual kid. Yes. Yeah. It's, fa- it's fantastic. I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but his role in Endgame... Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. We will. Yeah. We intend to. It's so fan- it's yeah. fantastic. I'm excited for fantastic. it. Fantastic. Yeah, that's too bad. That made me sad. All right, here's the last article that I want to read. Okay. I'm not even going to read it. I just kind of want to talk about it. So there was a... Um, old lady. It was an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah, there's a website <laughs> called Medium. And apparently this article has been deleted since it's been written. But someone copied it and pasted it onto their blog. Man. And I'm glad they did, because it's about Mice Chat. And so what we've done on this show forever is sort of talked about the reality that Mice Chat is sort of just a a false flag megaphone for for, for Disney. Absolutely. Uh, You know, just to either uh, create links, create backlinks, keep people talking about what's coming up and what's new and what could be and get people really excited Mm -hmm. for stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. but this article sort of goes into detail about allegedly yes, not only you. how that's true, but the people behind it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a long article. It's a long article, and I'm still trying to figure it out because it's not written awesomely. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it's in like blog format, so it's mm. I would guess it's like. Uh, Three quarters of the page is like these dots, and then one quarter in the off-centered center is the word mm-hmm. text. It's like very sentences have five words across. It's just right. it's hard. To, it's hard for my brain to figure <laughs> out. But the way I can figure it is, there's a guy called Outlets. He started Mice Mice Age, or he started Mice, mice Chatter. It was Mice, mice Age, age mm-hmm. and then Mice Chat hosted it, or something like that, right? Yeah. But he was also extremely online in the late '90s on message boards and early 2000s, mm-hmm. criticizing Disney and kind of writing a bunch of stuff that's right. you know better than what we do because you know he used proper language or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. basically, this is what's happening under Michael Eisner, and this is why it's not good, and this is how it's affected the parks and. This is blah, 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 right? Well, yeah, it was very pointed. That's a okay. good way to say it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And this article is saying he's basically like the first influencer mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Because he was, uh, he was, people were looking to him. And this is the early days of the internet, early days of web pages and forums and stuff where you can amass a following like that very quickly yeah. because he had like inside information. Right. And so people looked to him for And there wasn't a lot of competition. For opinions. Correct. Right. Now there's half a dozen people doing that daily and no right. one cares. Like just yeah. because there's just there's there's too much too much noise. So after September eleventh, Disney Company wasn't really doing so well and there were a couple people internally uh, in the company who were trying to get rid of Eisner. Mm-hmm. And replace him with Iger. Correct. Right? So the way to do that, and they, they were also trying to battle what Al Lutz was saying online. So sort of what happened is these people in the Disney company, what, what their names are, I can't find it. This article is so terrible. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Zinnia Mucha. Yeah. 
Okay. Apparently, she was a, a like a political operative for yes. uh, then New York Governor George Pataki, who came to Disney's ABC Television Network, having been courted by a Robert A. Iger at the time. Muka Mucha had turned her role as communications director and advisor to the governor to include uh, virtually every major decision made by. The governor. So yes. she comes in to Burbank by May of 2002 with longtime CEO Michael Eisner in a curiously choreographed media swift boating. Mucha, who was known as director of revenge in her prior life as a politico. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. She pushed, pushed a bunch of people out and was sort of basically had the idea to use Al Lutz's name to post articles bashing mm. Eisner yes, in order to start the conversation about maybe we should get rid of him. Okay. Correct. Conspiracy. Yeah, it is. And so at that time, I think also Al, he, have, he has Parkinson's. And mm-hmm. so he ah. stepped away from all that and like sold his sold mice age to uh, some guy called Dusty Sage, which is not his name. Clearly. It's, it's like from the three amigos, I think yeah. is what it is, okay. right? Um, so what this article is saying is that Someone in the Disney company, um, Tony, what was his name? Terrence, come on, help me. I'm looking through it right now. Like I said, it's very hard. Uh, Anyway, someone, oh, Troy Porter was was also an online guy, but he would write articles for Al, push them to Al, and then Al would publish them on his own site under his his own name, but he didn't write any of it. This article is saying that Al Lutz, if you've ever written or read an article from Al Lutz on MySage or MyChat, it was actually written by Troy Porter, who works for Disney. Yeah. It was never written by Al in the first place. And he said okay. that if you could see that Al hadn't printed or hadn't published anything for a couple of days, it's because Troy hadn't gotten him the copy yet. Right. Right. Okay. So that's happening, and it's pissing off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And my chat wrote a thing on their Facebook page asking people not to talk about this. Because it's an unfounded rumor. And I about hit the floor <laughs> laughing so hard because that's what they've made their money on, literally yes. made their money on yes. unfounded rumors. And some of it is true, but some of it is – a lot of it isn't. A yeah. lot totally. of it doesn't come true. Remember the Tomorrowland revamp? Yep. Right. So anyway, I just thought it was it was pretty good. It's If, if you Google – well, I don't know what to Google, but yeah. it's insightsandsounds.blogspot.com. The Amazing Disappearing Disney Article is the, is the title of the thing. So maybe if you Google that, you'll find it. It's worth a read, especially if you're a Disney historian, yeah. and especially if you like conspiracy theories, and especially if you hate articles like Mice Chat like, or places like Mice Chat yeah. because of the rumor mill. I'm not saying it's true because I obviously don't know. But um, it makes sense. It sort of makes sense. Although, is it sponsored by Flat Earth Society? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is. I mean, this is a former roommate of Al Lutz. He says, "I cannot say that Al ever wrote a single column for Mice Age or Mice Chat." Wow. End quote. And in fact, studying the writing voice and the spot on information distilled in a manner at once disparaging and dispiriting, and yet also weirdly complimentary or strategically complimentary, are the fingerprints of Al Lutz. These works were cut and paste and forward writings that read as though precisely positioned by Disney's Mucha and company. It always seemed as though while people thought Al had all of these sources, something he would do nothing to dissuade people from believing he had only one, Troy Porter. I'm not saying one way or another, but now what's happening is a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, Al Lutz released another article. Hmm. Okay. 
this time complaining about Star Wars land and what's going on at Disney, he's blaming Bob Chappick. Interesting. Uh, president of the parks? Yes. Okay. Instead of Iger. Right. So there are people now going, well, so this is what this person says. So it seems the once an operative, always an operative uh, Mucha reenlisted that crusty old influencer from days of yore. Now the need was even more urgent as Iger needed someone to take the fall mm-hmm. hard and fast for the fl- flailing and single largest expansion at Disneyland and anchor intellectual property for both domestic resorts. That would be Mr. Chappick, the as if styled by Mr. Clean chairman of Disney's mm-hmm. Parks and Resorts division. And that career employee of the Walt Disney Company who started as a bus boy. Um, we already figured that out. Yeah. So that's the listening to this, you might think, well, why does it really matter? It's just someone stating their opinion about someone. But what it led to, especially with Eisner, it led to the shareholders wondering if he's the right person for the position and right. having a, a, a behind closed doors, no confidence uh, meeting and basically outing him. Yeah. Well, seeds or of doubt are him. never good. No, right. never. And and a lot of that was because of what was happening online. Yeah. And because of what Al was was writing and even mm-hmm. even before potentially he he left Al was right. Right. Even yeah. before that, even before he started Mice Age, mm-hmm. he was he was doing that stuff and 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 part of this the author was saying that he met with uh the guy who's now the Greek guy who's now head of Walt Disney World Resort mm-hmm. uh Whatever his name I know, is, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> Actually, Anides, I think, or some something Anides, right? Um, who started as a busboy. That's where I was going with it. But uh, they were like, "How do we?" So the person who wrote this article was like a social media strategist, mm-hmm. and that dude, the Greek guy, my buddy, met with him to like figure out what they can do about Al Lutz and his following online. And this guy told him, "You can't. Yeah, you you can't counter him. You can control the voice. Right. And so when they when he sold the thing, that's when they made this connection. Somehow, I'm not really sure. They don't really go into too much detail about how that transition happened. But mm-hmm. that's how they started producing articles that are both pro and anti-Disney. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and sort of control that narrative. So exactly. um, the theory behind it is is one that we've talked about on the show, that Mice Chat and Mice Age are all just controlled by Disney. Yep. To keep people talking about it, mm-hmm. and they're wor- they're willing to release dumb stuff like here's what the raps on the buses are going to be like. Who cares? Right. Yeah. But you but you're paying attention. It keeps people thinking about Tomorrowland and go, oh, wow. There's like a sense of immediate. And this is kind of I just realized if you go, well, there's a rumor that they're going to pull out Autopia next year. There's that sense of immediacy suddenly mm-hmm. of like, oh man, I got to go before yeah. before mm-hmm. everybody else knows. Mm-hmm. And I don't get to go because it's too busy and we miss it and yeah. then it's gone. Well, and I think I, I honestly think companies do this a lot. Um, this kind of marketing. Yeah. Um, like I, I get really into Big Brother normally. This year's horrible, but mm-hmm. um I go on the Big Brother Twitter and there was this there's this Twitter user that would leak information, you know, so there is like a spoiler account and it turned out that I mean, she obviously worked there, but like I, there was always these rumors going around that not only did she work there, but that they were totally fine with her doing that. Right. Even though she would always like be like, "Oh, you guys like can't ever know my identity because I'd get fired and mm-hmm. all that stuff." And it's like Julie Chen Moonves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a. I I do think that companies do this a lot. 
like this kind of oh, weird sure. sort of marketing. Like I saw it there, all the time. There was like an uh, Instagram influencer, which mm. is so f- ridiculous as a job. But um, there was an influencer who got in a motorcycle accident, I guess, like oh, yeah, three yeah. months ago. Did you I see re- this? I did. And she like put it on her Instagram and like talked about it. And there's like these like amazing pictures of her on the floor with her like helmet off. On the and floor. like she's like on the ground <laughs> yeah, and her yeah. motorcycle's next to her. And there's a guy helping her. But there's a there's a uh, smart water bottle right in view and it's like it's the it's, only thing that's in focus yeah, it's in focus but she's not or there right. it's kind of a little fo- yeah and and so people are like that's a really shady way for like smart water to be advertising and then she wrote this thing and she's like no that's not what it was and it's like well of course wow. you're gonna say that because then no one else is gonna advertise with you yeah i don't know one way or the other but it, it would nothing would surprise me anymore no it it, it definitely happens all the time yeah yeah it's it's not i mean you know there are companies who literally start like tv shows i don't think it happens so much anymore but mm. i mean look at D- disney look well, at yeah. disney I mean, he got on ABC to not only per- he he was paid to produce programs about the park he was building. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah. there's a lot of cross promotion that way. But uh, no, that that happens that happens a lot. Um, and that was actually kind of a best practice, like SEO blog stuff in the early 2000s, where you have a company blog, but it's not you, mm-hmm. someone else, and you're just producing content yeah. about you know about. You sending link people back to out. your right. site, and it happens, man. Yeah, I love that story, and I, I, yeah, I still great. think it's true to a certain yeah. extent. Uh, I'm not saying that Mice Chat doesn't have you know sources or whatever, but I, I stand by that Disney's feeding them information, and they know what they're doing. It's not leaked information; right. it's they're giving it to them. Right, I agree for sure. Outlets aside, I, I don't know too much about that at all. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is all that we have time for. Uh, if you're listening live, and why wouldn't you be? Uh, we're going to take about half an hour to make a drink, maybe a little bit before then. I don't know. There's no need to wait for half an hour. Unless no, it takes no, that long. There's no need. Um, and then we'll do the secret show, which we've got some good news to talk about on the secret show and a good drink, I would imagine, Terrence. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I saw some green stuff. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> She got you. Your track record's not great. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I'm also just kidding. Oh, my God. Playing, this one. No! Playing with the boy, dude. I'm just joking. Right. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, thanks again to GetawayToday.com for sponsoring today's episode. Whether you're traveling to Disneyland, Disney World, or beyond, head over to GetawayToday.com slash ears up. And don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer like DCA. Uh, we will be back in September, I think the 8th. Is the show date? I can't really remember. Can't remember offhand. Yeah. Um, I know we got a show with Jeremy coming up soon, so that'll be fun. Anyway, until next time, everybody, we will see you in the parks.